Welcome to Knickknack News. I'm Alex. And I'm Anthony. And my first story is Space News. This is from CNN. Hubble captures stunning image of squabbling galaxies. What are what does that mean? It just it's just galaxies that look like they're fighting. Okay. That's like it's they not do. like a technical okay. term. Okay. okay. <laughs> As you can okay. see here, we have an example of squabbling galaxies. Yeah. Um <laughs> So these are about 747 million light years from Earth. Uh, it's a triplet of galaxies that are locked in a gravitational tug of war, uh, and they were spied by the Hubble telescope as it observed them interacting in the Lynx constellation. Um, so this is this unique system of galaxies, which is referred to as ARP-195, uh, was featured in the Atlas of Peculiar Galaxies. <laughs> Okay. The Atlas is a catalog of unusual galaxies across the universe that was compiled and published by astronomer Halton Arp in 1966. And I think that's a great name. Halton Arp. It and is. It's spelled, and it's spelled like exactly. Okay. It's exactly. Yeah, it sounds like the name of somebody that wrote a book. About unusual galaxies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Um, so Hubble was able to provide an awe-inspiring new look at this galactic trio, including its signature swirl and oblong streak, which is meaningless when you can't see the picture, uh, which somewhat <laughs> resembles a bubble releasing from a bubble wand, which is also pretty meaningless when you can't see the picture, which I will show you in a second. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Hubble has endured for 31 years and is still going strong, despite recent issues that took it out of commission for more than a month. Did you hear about that, how Hubble was was broken for a little bit. No, I don't think they somehow managed to fix it. I don't know if it was something they could fix like remotely or what, but Hmm. it must have been. I can't imagine they like sent something to fix it. But anyway, I'm going to show you a picture. Either way is pretty cool. (laughs) If they fixed it remotely, that's cool. If they sent some like robot to fix it, that's also cool. (laughs) Both are impressive feats of feats of science. (laughs) Yeah. So this is the galaxy, these triplet, uh, the trio of galaxies. Okay, I see the bubble wand yeah. reference. So yeah, like that would be the bubble wand, and that would be the bubble kind of. Yeah, yeah. But they're all Wait. kind of like there's apparently three of them there, and they're all kind of tugging on each other's stars, which is very rude. How is okay? I'm trying to see how there's three. I think I see them. Yeah, I think it's the big spiral, the smaller I think this section, is, and yeah, the, 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 the bubble, the wand the, part of the bubble wand is is like is another a, one. We might be seeing but it's it from at a like, different angle, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I thought so. I I don't know. Hubble always takes such impressive photos, and it's like and it's thirty one years old, which is yeah, crazy. It, it's but they're going to launch the James Webb Space Telescope in November, which is, or October, which is going to be like an even better Hubble, basically. And I can only cool. imagine the photos we're going to get from that. All right, my first story is food news. This is from NPR.org. The headline is, You can now possibly get your hands on a piece of Princess Diana's wedding cake. Whoa. What? Why? Because it exists. (laughs) And they're selling it. Okay. Are you looking to spend money on a piece of 40-year-old cake from someone else's wedding? No. Well, if you said yes, a piece of cake history is up for grabs. Courtesy of 
I'm like not even listening to you. Uh, Dominic Winter Auctioneers, courtesy of Dominic Winter Auctioneers. A large, no, no, get this, it's not even the actual cake. A large slice of cake, icing, and marzipan from uh-huh. one of the 23 official cakes made for the iconic July 1981 wedding of Princess Diana and Prince Charles is being auctioned off. So it's just one piece? It's a, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's one piece, and it's basically just like marzipan and icing. Um, this article describes this as <laughs> a sugared onlay of the or overlay of the royal coat of arms in gold, red, blue, and silver, on top of a white icing base. There's also a silver horseshoe and decorative borders along the top and bottom of the piece. What? What's the theme of this cake? <laughs> I don't know. Fancy. There's so much going on. Um, uh, this uh, piece has been sitting in a plastic wrapped cake tin for like at least 20 years. So they don't recommend that you eat it. <laughs> the piece of cake is expected to fetch around 300 pounds at the auction on uh, sure. August 11th. Why not? Um which actually is funny because I was expecting them to say more than that. that was, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. It's, it's no That's Charizard reasonable. card. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be like a thousand at least. I don't know. Yeah. It's like Princess Diana's wedding cake. Come but on. I'm older. sure there's some collectors. But it's also an old piece. Yeah, I know. I know but, but okay. But like, do you think somebody's going to buy this? Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. Because there are no, people no out there that are, yeah. like, obsessed with the royal family and, like, mm-hmm. everything the royal family. And so, like... Especially Princess Diana. And especially... Yeah, especially Princess Diana. So, like, someone's totally going to buy it. Mm-hmm. And then they're just going to say that they have it. And you can't really do anything with it. You just have yeah. a piece of the cake from Princess Diana's wedding, which is kind of cool, I guess. But, like... I mean, it's less cool when you pointed out there are 23 cakes there. <laughs> But how many pieces of them still exist? Probably not a lot, for good reason. Because <laughs> it's old food. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you are listening to this and you're interested, you might have to go to England on August 11th for this auction. Mm. I don't know if it's going to be virtual or not. I did not look into the details. Yeah. Well, we're telling you um, early enough in advance that you could get there. You could. Very expensive. If you planned it now, if you're just like, this needs to be in my huge collection in my room at my house where I have everything royal family collection, then you have enough time. So, my next story is science news. This is from Gizmodo. What to know about the newly discovered tetraquark at the Large Hadron Collider? I'm dying to know what a tetrachork is. I'm dying to tell you. Well, I'm the n- normal amount of excited to tell you. Uh, CERN's Large Hadron Collider experiment presented its latest discovery last week at a meeting of the European Physical Society Conference on High Energy Physics. Uh, the latest discovery is the double charm tetrachork. Uh, which I will explain more about what that is, uh, which is the longest-lived exotic matter particle yet discovered. Uh, So quarks are the building blocks of all matter. Uh, They're subatomic particles that combine to form hadrons, which is the group that includes the familiar protons and neutrons. So 
Atoms are made of those. Those are made of quarks. And they just found another type of hadron, which they're calling a tetraquark because it involves four quarks. Alex, there is more explanation. Wait, so it's it's bigger than a quark? It's big. It's, it's yes. four quarks put it's together. It's four quarks put together. Whereas protons and neutrons are made of three quarks. So this is an oh. this is an unusual hadron. And like the, I see. the whole okay. point of this collider was to make these weird particles, I guess. Okay. Um so this newly discovered hadron particle is made of four, making it a species of tetraquark. I don't know if species is the official term for that, but that's what they use. Uh and the first tetraquark was officially discovered in 2003. So this isn't the first tetraquark, but it is a new kind of tetraquark. Okay. Um, so tetraquarks, or no, oh boy, this is going to be rough. Quarks have antimatter partners. This new tetraquark is made up of two heavy quarks and two light antiquarks. <laughs> oh, so it's apparently my. also antiquarks. What is it? I don't anti- know a lot not, about particle okay, physics. Right. So. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but exotic particles like this can be created within accelerators like the Large Hadron Collider, but they pop into and out of existence extremely quickly. Uh, this new particle is considered to have a long lifespan before it decays, but its lifespan is probably still only a little longer than one quintillionth of a second. So that's considered a long amount of time for these things to exist, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So they, they'll like literally just like be a blip in their data, and they're like able to read the data to see like, oh, this thing existed at this like moment. But they, so complicated. But they, I don't they know literally just... can't like tell how long its lifespan is like they can guess that it's like a quintillionth of a second but they have we don't have technology to measure that like short wow. of a distance of time um so a little more about quarks uh <laughs> they differ from each other in mass and charge which gives them six distinct flavors do you know the flavors of quark no <laughs> I always, I always, I love bringing this up at any time or <laughs> anytime quarks come up anytime in conversation. Quarks come up, this is like my favorite part about them. They come in six flavors, up, down, top, bottom, strange, and charm. <laughs> We've probably talked, have we talked about this before? There's a in good like chance. Like two years ago or something. There's a good chance. And if, because if, if we talked about quarks, I definitely brought up the flavors. Now that quarks. you said that, I, that sounds vaguely familiar. Because it's my favorite like, thing about them. <laughs> Up, down, top, top bottom. bottom. So they went with two different pairs of, of things up, that refer down. to like up and like upper and down. And yeah. Like, then strange and charm. Strange and like what does that just, like, mean? It's so it's so strange. Strange um, quarks, charm quarks. Like what? So they said that the the, the new tetraquark. This all sounds made up. The new tetraquark <laughs> is the first exotic hadron that's doubly charmed. Meaning it has, or meaning its two charm quarks are present alongside anti quarks that aren't charmed. This is like it's like magic. It's like it's oh, did they like put like, a charm at like Harry Potter charm it's, on the quarks? This is it's it all sounds like nonsense, and I love it for that. But <laughs> yeah, so I guess it the heavy quarks are also charm quarks, and the anti quarks aren't charm quarks. What, are, are they getting, are they up quarks? They didn't they didn't say what kind of quarks. Are they, they were. bottom quarks? Well, and that's and they also said earlier heavy and light quarks. So apparently, there's like that's part of it too. Yeah, maybe. Well, they said they differ in mass and charge. So maybe like charm quarks are also 
more massive or something. I think it's like... Well, the heavy and light is probably how massive it is, right? And then the other thing is probably some... I bet it's like some particle spin direction or something. But like, what what does charm mean? That's not a direction, so I don't know. There must be like three know. different like values of charge and then like two, like two types of mass or the reverse. And yeah. then that's like how they get the different combinations. Yeah. I don't... I'm sure that information is out there. They did not, yeah, they did not they choose to give it, it to and, me yeah. in this article. <laughs> Um, and I was already confused enough, and I didn't feel like looking it up because it's just, <laughs> it's just so insane. Like, I also read – there's much more to the article, but, like, I didn't understand a lot of it. And also, at no point did they make clear why this is interesting. <laughs> like, like, why <laughs> like why is this relevant? I mean, it's, like, it, it's interesting in that it's like, whoa, like, we've never seen this thing before. And, like, but beyond that, like, what are we going to – We I don't know what we do with this information now that we have it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm always excited to bring up quarks just so I can talk about those flavors. <laughs> also, I'm getting weirdly hungry now, which <laughs> isn't helpful. You want a quark burger? I don't know what yeah. that is. That's just the first thing that popped into my head. Only if it's charm flavored. Okay, my next story is animal news. <laughs> This is from the BBC, and the headline is, Giant Panda Twins Born in French Zoo. Whoa. Yay. The only pandas Twins. that will be born this year. <laughs> Probably. God, um, they're so bad at breeding. Know. Right. So a giant panda has given birth to twins at the Zoo Parc de Beauval in central France. Zoo Parc de Beauval? Yes. Right. <laughs> I'm like, do you know how to pronounce it right? Because no. I don't. In <laughs> um, what officials say is an exceptional event. The cubs were born on Monday of this week, and they only weigh about 0.3 pounds each. They're like mm. tiny. That seems tiny, too tiny. small. We want those bigger. Yeah, they're, they're, I, but as far as I know, everything's fine. But okay, maybe because they were it was twins. Maybe maybe pandas only give birth to like one cub usually. I, I don't actually know. I have zero idea. Um, panda reproduction, both in captivity and in the wild, is notoriously difficult, according to experts, which I think we've mentioned on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, this panda has already had one cub before, which was the first panda born in France. Um, but, you know, this is still really exciting. And another fun fact this article had was that, because I didn't hear about this, in July, um, so just last month, China downgraded the endangered status of pandas from endangered to vulnerable. But they made it, they made it, it like, less endangered because I guess there's at least 1,800 of them in the wild there now. Oh, wow. So that was good news. Um that I didn't hear, but yeah, they yeah. mentioned that in the article too. So there's like, everyone's like conservation efforts are helping, I guess. So that's good. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just a quick yeah update on pandas. Yeah. There's, they just like, they don't want to mate, which is just so unusual in the animal kingdom. I they're know. like, they're like reluctant to fur to their species, which makes them really so hard to weird. conserve. Like, yeah. I don't know. Weird animals. It's, but they're cute. Yeah, they are so cute. My next story is technology news. <laughs> this is my range of motion. Right yeah, now. Oh, yeah. Um, it's fine. <laughs> this is from The Verge. YouTube creators can now get $10,000 per month for making shorts. Did you know that YouTube oh, has... Shorts like short videos. Yeah, no. 
it's not like an extremely good <laughs> wage for making pants. No. Like one, my first reaction was like, why? I thought you meant like shorts, like the pants. Well, that's probably like, because that you don't sense. ever think of YouTube shorts, which is apparently their competitor to TikTok, which I don't think I even knew existed. I probably have heard of it, but yeah, okay, sorry, yeah. continue. Um, so they'll pay creators up to $10,000 per month for making popular videos on its TikTok competitor, and it's a generous word, uh, YouTube shorts. The company plans to pay $100 million throughout the next year with the first payments going out this month. Um, the popularity needed to earn money will depend on just how many people are making and watching shorts each month. Uh, so zero, um, and payouts will also depend on where each creator's audience is located. It's, yeah, it's, it sounds very convoluted. Um, YouTube is also requiring these to be original videos, re-uploads and videos tagged with watermarks from other platforms will disqualify a channel for payments. So... You have to make them just for YouTube, which is cool, okay. But I guess. anybody can do this. You have to be like a creator to actually get money. I think is the is the stipulate. like. Do you have to like, already have be established to, like, on YouTube, I or I, I honestly don't know. It, do they mean? I don't think you do because they they did say in there like okay. they're not going to require you to like make both kinds of content to get paid. So, huh? I guess yeah. If you're if you want to make some money, um. So creators have traditionally gotten paid on YouTube based on the ads that run in front of their videos, but with shorts, YouTube doesn't want to run an ad in front of every quick clip. Yeah, uh, that would be an that actual no nightmare. Um, so it's building out this alternate form of payment to reward creators. Uh, apparently TikTok and Snapchat uh, both pay out to creators based on the popularity of their videos, which I did not realize that like if you're a big enough creator. I that. have heard that, but I have no idea how it works. Like, Yeah, or like what level of Because yeah, because TikTok doesn't have like... It's not like you, you know, it's not like there's not ads before the video, like when you're swiping. Yeah, but there the are videos. sponsored ones. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Which are annoying. Because sometimes I'll watch it for a couple seconds and I'm like, oh, this is sponsored. This is sponsored. I don't want this. But and like the really, like, really popular channels, they can't do ads on it. So I do mm-hmm. think that there is some way you can get paid if you have right. enough like followers on there. Yeah. If you're bringing people to the platform. I mean, it mm-hmm. makes sense from their perspective because then more people will see sponsored content, et cetera. Right, just, right. You make more and more money. Yeah. So apparently there's a, TikTok competitor on YouTube. That's <laughs> what I learned from this article. Yay. Um, nah. I don't know. I enjoy TikTok. I do. I enjoy watching it. I have I, I will never recently, probably participate, but... I have recently gotten a little bit into TikTok, like, watching it sometimes. Mm-hmm. It is very entertaining. I like when people... It, I mean, honestly, it was worth downloading the app just so when people send me them, like, I can open them in the app instead oh. of having to watch through the website, which is terrible. Yeah. So... But yeah, no, I've I've discovered several TikToks that make me laugh very very hard, and I know I've shared some of them with yeah, you. Yeah, you you show me some of them. Um, some very good ones. And I still go back to them every <laughs> once in a while. Just if I ever need just, just a little boost of joy, like, like, I'm gonna go day. watch this again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, it's fun. But uh, yeah, I guess if you want to make this amount of money, you can go to YouTube instead. <laughs> well, there's a lot of options out there. I don't know. What can I say? Yeah. Also, Snapchat's still around. Yeah. <laughs> My next story is more animal news. Uh, this is from a local ABC News website um, in St. Louis, but this didn't take place there, so I don't know why it was on that <laughs> website. Um, the headline is, 
Goose flying upside down is simply showing off, say experts, a, t- a dark gray-brown bean goose flying upside down was photographed by an amateur photographer near the Dutch town of Arn- Arnhem um, in the Netherlands. Okay. I don't know why that Earlier word, the this... name Bean Goose made me laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a type of goose. I, I guess don't... so, yeah. I'm learning um, something. The man- maneuver that was photographed is called whiffling. It's when geese roll their body upside down and twist their neck and head 180 degrees around to the usual position while the rest of their body is still upside down. So it looks like their head is like up, but their body is upside down. It's crazy. Okay. And I'm going to show you the picture now. And this is a real photo. What on? Why? <laughs> why did they do this? That was this? my reaction too. <laughs> so like the whole rest of this article is like, why? Because <laughs> um, that's a lot of it people have that broken. question. Yeah. And apparently people actually accused this guy of Photoshopping this. And he was like, no, I didn't no. Photoshop this. It's real. <laughs> it's a great picture though. Yeah, it's and impressive it, to catch a bird in flight like that. As right, because well. that's not easy to do. Um, the aerial acrobatic resembles a falling leaf, according to some, sure. um, and may be used to avoid avian predators or as a long, slow descent over an area where hunters for hunters for sport or food are present and they feel like there's a danger. But these are just theories. Uh, this behavior has been seen in several species, including lesser yellow legs we're gonna learn a bunch of species of goose here all right i'm excited lesser yellow legs the black-tailed godwit Mm -hmm. the northern lapwing Mm -hmm. pink-footed goose and the bean goose the bean goose (laughs) (laughs) it's it's still my favorite one um so since this uh or while this photo was actually taken earlier this year it has since sparked heated debate as to why geese do this photographer vincent cornell Cornelison, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Vincent. Vincent Cornelison was the photographer. He said he got thousands of messages and comments from people all over the world asking for information about this goose flying upside down and like why. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, He shared this photo on Facebook and it caught the attention of all sorts of people. um, And now he has more than 10,000 followers because this photo. Lars Sornick, a wildlife photographer and conservation science communicator for Bird Protection Netherlands, says the image might just reflect a young goose that's learning new tricks. <laughs> he also said it could just as easily be that geese do this to brag to their peers. <laughs> what? Like, this is like an expert on birds, and uh-huh. he says the geese might just be doing this to be like, oh, look, I can do this. <laughs> like... It could just be as simple as that. Like, hey, could, I mean, humans do. It might not things, be like so. some complicated like predator avoidance maneuver or anything. Like, it might just be like, well, <laughs> Look this what is I can fun. Do. Yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. So, in conclusion, nobody really knows why. <laughs> um, there's all these theories, and that's where we're at. But yeah, it's not really very easy to catch one actually doing this on camera. Like, that's not because it's not like they're doing it all the time. It's kind of like a rare-ish thing that's just known to happen sometimes. But, like, yeah, I know we have this really good picture of it, so. Huh. One for yeah. the textbooks. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time for breaking news, the part of the show where Anthony and I look up stories that just happened today or were just posted today, and we read them to you on the fly. Bean goose. 
Ready, set, go! go. Right, this is from USA Today. Uh, speaking of cake, CDC investigates multi-state outbreak of E. coli linked to cake mix. Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, at least you know you won't get that from the Princess Diana cake. Yep. <laughs> I said that I mean, way too enthusiastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no E. coli, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Huzzah. Uh, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said it's an investigating an outbreak of E. coli in 12 states potentially linked to cake mix. Uh, in the statement released last week, the CDC said reports of 16 people infected with E. coli have been filed as part of the outbreak. Seven people have been hospitalized, but there are no reported deaths. So that's good. Let's keep it that way. Yeah. Um, the CDC said eight people were interviewed about what foods they ate prior to getting sick, and six of them reported eating or tasting raw batter made using a cake mix. I was just about to say, like, wouldn't this cook out when you cooked the cake, but they it ate the would. raw batter? It would cook out <laughs> when you bake the cake, but they didn't. Uh, the agency said several brands and varieties of cake mix were bought, but they didn't identify which brands. So hopefully oh. that's hopefully this is not the case. I don't know. They They haven't, like, issued an official recall or anything yet. Okay. Um, so the agency... <laughs> I love this so much. The agency advises people not to eat raw batter <laughs> and to yes. follow safe food handling practices when cooking or baking. So in case you didn't need reminded, the CDC says don't don't eat raw cake batter because, you know. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that for risk of E. coli and salmonella and other things. Yeah, there's other risks too. Like are yeah. you putting eggs in it? Right. That yeah, I mean, also I, has a risk. To, yeah. Plus the, yeah, it's like the flour in the cake batter i think is usually where it comes or well, i don't know whatever it, things that are like flour products in a mm-hmm. box can have stuff in it and be contaminated so yep so be careful so yeah on a technicality this isn't a recall story <laughs> but it is about technicality <laughs> <laughs> but hey we can still tell people to be careful yeah. if you are making cake this just, weekend yeah don't eat the raw batter <laughs> be extra sure that it's baked i guess yeah all right, this is uh, just from Google. Um, I thought I'd do a quick Olympics update since the Olympics are going on this week, and I didn't bring any stories from that just because I figured stuff would be... Everything's changing so rapidly, but I figured, you know, for breaking news, I could just do a quick medals update for everybody in case you're not closely following it. Which I'm not. Um, which I guess Anthony's not. Um, I'm not really that closely either. I'm only only a little bit following it, but mm-hmm. I, ha- I have been following the gymnastics because I love gym- uh, gymnastics, okay. but yeah, not yeah, really yeah. other sports. So right now, the top three countries in the lead medals-wise are China, the United States, and Japan. We're in the number two place, but we actually have the most overall medals. We have 79 medals so far. Wow. Um, China has 70, but I think that they Google is saying they're number one because they have the most golds. So they have, okay. they have 32 gold medals, and the U.S. has 25 so far in our medal count. They must score differently somehow so i'm i don't know yeah i don't know how they do this like ranking but i'm sure that it's like weighted by like the gold is weighted higher and silver weights weighted higher or something yeah it's nice japan's up there since they're hosting the thing yeah yeah it's nice i don't know it's nice for them yeah (laughs) if you're gonna Um, go to the trouble you might as well (laughs) you might as well win some medals right yeah it's just it's a lot of effort to host the olympics you know it's a ton of effort yeah um it's a big deal 
Okay, so like the top five sports, according to this right now for the U.S., are swimming, athletics, which I don't really know what that is. That, I don't know if that's Alex, like Alex, running. Isn't that the Olympics? <laughs> isn't that just everything? Isn't that the Olympics? Now? Apparently there's a category called athletics, and it shows somebody running, so I'm just wondering if it's like the running events. Okay. I'm going to maybe look into more. This is, li- this is on the fly, you guys. Yeah. I did not prepare this summary here. Okay, I'm looking at this on my computer. Swimming, athletics, <laughs> shooting, um, art- <laughs> it's just like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> artistic sorry sorry artistic gymnastics which yeah we're really good at gymnastics and then wrestling is number huh. five we okay. have two medals yeah. there most of them are in swimming we have 30 medals in swimming oh wow right now okay. so we're, we're doing really awesome good. there yeah we're really gonna um, swim well i guess <laughs> i'm gonna click athletics and find out what this is oh it is, okay track okay yeah it's the track and field and road events I oh, guess. so it it's is called. It is it's like the, run, the running, running stuff. stuff. <laughs> I guess it's called stuff. <laughs> running stuff. <laughs> the running stuff. I guess it's called. Atle- I just learned something new. Yeah, <laughs> I did not know that. I, yeah, so we have. That was everything. <laughs> um, how many medals in? We have sixteen medals in athletics right now. All right, so we're pretty fast in the water yeah. and on land. In the water and on land, we're so pretty fast. All we're really missing is the is the air. Which is, which I, I guess, would is be like what event in the Olympics. Is there a trapeze event? I don't know. There should be. Um, it's very impressive. Skateboarding is new this year. Yeah, that's kind of they get some air in skateboarding. Yeah, that should count. Is skydiving an Olympic event? Because that'd be Probably pretty cool. Not. I've never heard that. But also, heard I don't that, know but... what you would really do. Is I mean, regular first, diving. First person. To, there's regular diving. Regular yeah, diving. that counts in that's swimming. That's kind of like flying. Yeah. And yeah, and swimming. That's air and water. Yeah. It's fine. Did we... <laughs> um, okay, so that that's the medals overview. Uh, you know, this information will change very quickly, but it looks like we're doing pretty well so far. So that's nice. exciting. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We post episodes every Friday, and as always, the links to this week's stories will be in the episode description. You can subscribe to Knickknack News on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash News, on Twitter at at News, and on Instagram at News. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.